Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Folks, my next guest served three terms in Congress, and in 2013, the people of Connecticut elected him to the United States Senate. Please welcome to The Late Show, Senator Chris Murphy. Senator, how auspicious to have you here. There's a lot to talk about. There is. Uh, You know... Uh, the Democrats have a story to tell this fall, a story they did not have to tell in the spring. A lot has changed in the last three months. Let, let's start with the all-nighter that you guys held this weekend in the Senate to pass the Inflation Reduction Act yesterday. First of all, when we say all-nighter, do we mean literally an all-nighter? It's literally an all-nighter. You've got to sort of stay up until everybody is done putting amendments on the bill. That was about a 24-hour period, so we... And is it like a form of punishment by the other side? <laughs> is it, they might as well just beat you with sticks until yeah, you is. say, we're still going to pass it no longer how long you beat us. They were not super excited about uh, the drug industry and the oil industry losing power, and they forced us through about 24 hours of amendments to try to undo that progress, so it is a little bit of a form of punishment. Do you have to stay on the floor for that period of time? You, you know, it's not like a filibuster where you literally have to stay on the floor, so um, you can, you know, leave to go to the bathroom, Room, get a mm-hmm. Red Bull, you know, do mm-hmm. what you need in order to survive. Barney can go out and lie down on the steps outside. It is a new iconic <laughs> image that's going to yes. rival the, the mittens. Yes. Yeah. So what was the reaction on the Senate floor when it finally passed? So I just think a sense of relief, right? I mean, as a parent of a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, um, I know that our time is running out to do something about a, a planet that is in crisis. And if we didn't act now, we might not have had another chance for five to 10 years. And by that time, uh, it might be out of our hands. So at the end of the 24-hour period, we were exhausted, but just so excited that we had finally been able to move the needle and be able to go home and tell our kids or our grandkids that we are finally on a pathway for the United States to be a leader in tackling climate change. After... After the passage of the bill, you tweeted this image of President Biden. (laughs) Did did Coven give him laser superpowers? I'm uh, I'm not going to try to explain that meme, um, Mm -hmm. but uh, he is a a bit of a, a superhero this summer. This is a president who has a record of achievement from the gun bill to the veterans bill to the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to rival any president for their first two years. And I think what's been magical is that he's you've been nimble enough to understand 
you know, when he needs to be directly involved, mm -hmm. when he needs to sit back. Uh, and Did so it help at all to have him sidelined with COVID for a couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> because during the campaign, he stayed in the basement for a long time. And everyone was, was like, it's going great. Don't come out. He was on the phone the entire time, so he okay. was working straight through it. All right, uh, all right. And it wouldn't have gotten done without Joe Biden. Now, you have a good relationship with Joe Manchin. There you go. Sure. You have a good relationship with Joe Manchin. Does, does, do a lot of people have good relationships with him? Because he gets a lot of grief from the Democratic side of the aisle for not being sufficiently progressive. Yeah. He's got a really nice boat. Uh, so He's going to need it <laughs> when, the, uh, when the sea rises. Yeah. I still have not gotten an invitation to the boat. Uh, but Almost uh, heaven. Yeah. That's what it's uh, called. But he is... Um, listen, Joe is a friend, and he's a friend because in 2013... Nobody spent more time with the Sandy Hook families after that tragedy than Joe Manchin did. And it was implausible for the Democrat from West Virginia to be the leader on tightening America's gun laws, but he did because he felt an emotional connection to those families. So I get it. You know, his values, priorities are not exactly mine, but he's a Democrat for a reason, right? He, he does believe that government can help level the playing field. He does believe that our gun laws are a little insane. And he works to actually make those things better. So, yeah, we don't line up all the time, but I'm glad that, you know, he was on the same team this time. Did you know that the secret negotiations were going on behind closed doors? I can't talk about the secret negotiations. No. Really? <laughs> really? Okay. So you knew. So you knew. I can neither mm -hmm. yeah, confirm nor Do you deny. blame Mitch McConnell for being mad about it? Or was like, hey, Mitch, we're just playing your game back at you. So, listen, hey... <laughs> Mitch... So what, what Republicans said was that they were going to hold bills hostage that they support, like the veterans bill, if we enacted climate change legislation, right? Mm -hmm. That was their decision. That was their bottom line. That was their trick. So we were under no obligation to play their game. We told them right from the beginning, we want to do the veterans bill. We want to restart the microchip industry with the uh, CHIP Act. And we want to pass climate change legislation and, and legislation to lower drug costs. It's their fault that they couldn't stop any of that. Um, we ultimately got it all done, and I'm glad that we didn't let Mitch McConnell decide what was going to happen and what wasn't going to happen to help the country. Now, let, let's talk about that historic gun legislation, gun control legislation, because while it did not check every box on people's wish list about this, what was historic about it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that there had been nothing done for a generation why do you think this moment was different? So nothing had happened in this country for 30 years, notwithstanding all of these mass shootings, notwithstanding this dramatic rise in homicides and suicides. And the reason, unfortunately, was pretty simple. The gun industry for 30 years controlled Washington. They had this political powerhouse that intimidated people into doing nothing, Republicans and Democrats. And what happened is, over the last 10 years, we built our own political movement. We built a movement around changing our gun laws, students, parents, grandparents, um, that ultimately, by the summer of this year, was just as powerful as the gun lobby, more powerful. After Uvalde, um, you know, members of the Senate went home for a week right after Uvalde. And during that week, you know, they talked to parents and kids who were just scared stiff that Congress was going to do nothing after a second Sandy Hook had happened. And it was that imperative from the voters combined with the power of the movement um, that this time allowed us to break through and get something done that we hadn't done in 30 years, change America's gun laws to make our communities and our schools safer. Is the significance there... 
Is, is the significance there exactly what was passed or the fact that it's possible to pass something? Because it's mostly carrot, not stick. I mean, the states aren't compelled to change the laws. They're, in, they're uh, enticed to do so. What's next? If, if, if this is the door that opens, as I've heard, if this is opening the door to new possibilities, what's the next fight? So the bill, I think, is worth it in and of itself. There are some incentives for states, but there are also concrete changes in federal law. For instance, no longer is a boyfriend who beats up their girlfriend ever going to be able to get their hands on a weapon. That's new law. Um, That will save thousands of lives. But you are right. Um, I'm a believer that wins beget wins. I'm a believer that there are these moments when, you know, the structure of power changes. and, And this is that moment, right? This is the moment where all of a sudden... Uh, the folks who want changes in our gun laws have more power than the industry. And I think that allows us to do even more. And Republicans will realize that they don't pay a huge price for crossing the gun lobby. They get a lot of support from unlikely corners back in their states. And that will allow us to do more work on a bipartisan basis. All right, before we go, before we go, I need to... I have a controversy, a slight controversy to discuss with you. Um, As we reported on the show the uh, Choco Taco has been discontinued by the people of Klondike. And you you tweeted this recently. You said, tomorrow I am introducing legislation to invoke the Defense Production Act to mandate the continued manufacture of Choco Tacos. Please call your senator and demand that they co-sponsor. How flooded. How, how flooded did the Senate phone lines get after that? I mean, what does the federal government exist for if not to compel the production of Choco Tacos? Um, uh, well, the, the good news is, is that um, we may have a breakthrough. Klondike is hinting that they are maybe going to create some space in their mm-hmm. uh, ice cream factories to put Choco Tacos back on the market, and that mm-hmm. would be... That'll be good news for But America. is it the government's role to be telling private industry what to manufacture? Aren't you picking winners and losers? Aren't, don't you Democrats always do that, Senator? Yeah, but the Choco Taco is so good. <laughs> we agree at The Late Show, so we'd like to present you for your efforts. This uh, limit, because you cannot get these anymore. Three Choco Tacos uh, just for you. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Relish them, sir. Thank you. Senator, thank you so much for being here. Senator Chris Murphy, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. We'll be dropping classic bits and celebrity interviews seven days a week while the show's away on summer break. The Late Show will be back on September 6th with all new episodes. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, Leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.